Axis Mundi. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, and today I am joined by uh, Dr. Stephen Hassan, who uh, is an expert on cults and mind control. And we had a, a great conversation about how to talk to loved ones and relatives and others who have been red-pilled, have been taken down the MAGA rabbit holes, the QAnon rabbit holes, the Christian nationalist rabbit holes. And this is something that I think is really important because uh, I get asked all the time, wherever I go, to speak, could be in a classroom, could be at a church, doesn't matter. One of the questions will always be, how are you supposed to talk to someone you love about these issues when they are so far down these conspiracy theory tunnels? So Dr. Hassan and I talked about that, and I want to just preface our conversation with two comments. One is, I think what I have always offered people and, and mentioned in this interview and discussion with Dr. Hassan is that one of the most important things for me is to allow people's emotional level to be the part that we engage. And by that, I mean talking to people about their anger, their resentment, their grievance, their fear, their hope. And by doing that, you get, I think, closer to the core of what is driving their willingness to join with a really extreme church or follow a prophet from the New Apostolic Reformation so closely, or to believe QAnon conspiracies. And what I've always contended there is that when you get to emotion, you're not attacking their beliefs, you're not calling them stupid, you're not telling them that they're idiotic for following this QAnon drop or New Apostolic Reformation apostle. You're, you're asking them in a genuine way what drives their interest or their belief in such things. And if you do that, you might get them to give you the space to do that, that you might become somebody that can express their hope, their fear, their anger, their anxiety. And then you're two people who are talking in a way that is human to human. You're not the God-hating liberal Marxist they've been told to fear. You're not the anti-American woke globalist that they've been told uh, is out there ruining everything they love. You're their nephew. You're their friend. You're their colleague. And I guess for me, this this approach can be really fruitful. And what Dr. Hassan says for from his view is that, yeah, attacking the leader they believe in or the the group they're a part of head on is not going to help. And it it there's very little evidence that that's going to change their mind. I think for me, the the caveat with these things is always that you have to be safe to be in these relationships, that you can't have these kinds of conversations with people if you're not safe, if you have an identity that they think is somehow not okay or they don't approve of, whether it's a sexual identity, whether it's a religious or non-religious identity, a gender identity, and so on. So safety is important, but this work uh, is hard. It requires investment. It's just not easy. I talked with a friend the other day who was like, I've done this with, with my brother and I've done hours of it and I just don't want to do any more because it, it, it hasn't gone anywhere. And I understood what he was saying, that it's just really hard to talk to a loved one once every two weeks on the phone and, and go through the same old kind of conspiracies. But I do know that some of you out there do have people in your life that you do want to 
try this with. And so I think that I hope at least this conversation with Dr. Hassan is helpful. I do want to preface it with one, one caveat from my perspective, and that is that Dr. Hassan talks a lot about cults and uh, mind control. And uh, I understand that. And uh, I appreciate where he's coming from. Religious studies scholars often stray away from using the word cult and, and brainwashing because it, what scholarship has, has taught us is that it, it often leads to a kind of lack of agency on people's part, that they don't have any control in joining up with a group or that they've had no ability to direct their, their uh, descent into a conspiracy theory. So I think there's always a need to, to balance how we understand uh, people's choices, people's willingness to join groups, to believe in QAnon bits of information, so on and so forth, but also recognize the social forces at play that often are leading people into such decisions, the ways that they're preyed upon by leaders and prosperity gospel preachers and so on. I think that uh, what, for me as a religion scholar, I want to point out is that, uh, and this is following Megan Goodwin, who's really a pioneer in this area, and wrote a great book called Abusing Religion. And I, I've interviewed Dr. Goodwin on that, uh, about that book, so you can check out our archive to hear our conversation. But Dr. Goodwin really makes a great point, which is that if we use cult for a religion that we don't like, then we can uh, be in a situation where people in power can label a group or a community a cult in order to discredit it. So you can think of folks in Florida in the 19... 50s, labeling what they called Santeria, which is a word that's not always used anymore, a cult. Or we can think way back when to when the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, were called a cult. If we're using cult as, as shorthand, according to Dr. Goodwin, for a religion I don't like, then uh, that's probably not our best use of the term. However, uh, I do follow other scholars who would say that sometimes when we designate something a cult, what we're saying is, identifying a religious tradition or a group or a movement that is dangerous, that is dangerous to our public square, dangerous to public safety, dangerous to democracy. And in that sense, I, I understand why we would use the, the word, because we want to identify uh, groups and communities that are not just religions that the powers that be, the government or a dominant cultural group doesn't like, but rather say, hey, there are religious groups that certainly do have beliefs and practices and rituals and ideas that are dangerous to our public square. And it's, it's necessary to identify those. And so uh, I think that's a, a nice sort of division that for me, if we use cult, it's always going to be to identify what I take to be religious traditions and conspiracy groups and so on that are dangerous and potentially uh, a threat to democracy rather than simply uh, a group that I don't like rather than a group that is a minority group, a group that seems different, a group that has practices that I'm not used to. If we're going to use cult that way, then it's it's not just not useful, but it's also a function of prejudice uh, rather than a function of uh, reflection on the kind of values we want in our public square. So a little bit of Religious Studies 101 to start, but just wanted to point that out as we get into this conversation with Dr. Hassan. Now, appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll turn now to this interview.
Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco, joined today by a guest many of you will know and will be familiar with, and that is Dr. Stephen Hassan. So, Dr. Hassan, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Let me tell folks about you. You're a mental health professional and expert. You uh, specialize in the ways people use undue influence tactics and uh, authoritarian leaders, destructive cults. Your expertise, uh, it, it comes from personal experience in various uh, high-demand religions and cults. Uh, you discuss widely religious and political movements, human trafficking, extremists, and terrorist groups. And you're uh, a widely known podcaster and author, author of four books, including Com Combating Cult Mind Control, Freedom of Mind, and The Cult of Trump, which... Uh, that that uh, book and that issue is something we'll get into today. Yeah, so thank you for having me on. And I guess I'll start by just saying for your listeners who aren't familiar with me that I was deceptively recruited while a college student into a front group of the Moonies cult in 1974. In fact, the same month Patty Hearst was abducted by the left-wing Symbionese Liberation Army I got seduced by women flirting with me because my girlfriend had dumped me into a front group, became a right-wing fascist, came to believe that democracy was satanic and that we needed a theocracy. We had to infiltrate the government. And, and we basically would convert everyone to unificationism and kill everyone who didn't want to join us. And we would send them to the spirit world and save them later. So I was in the room with Sun Myung Moon when he discussed this, taking power, etc. And my story is I fell asleep at the wheel of a van after three days of ex no sleep and nearly died, and that led to a voluntary deprogramming. So I come to this expertise from this perspective of what happened to my mind my values, I came from a very stable, loving, uh, middle-class family. I skipped eighth grade because I was an honor student. I was not a joiner. So I became fascinated and also for my own therapy to understand things like social psychology and persuasion and Chinese communist brainwashing and hypnosis. So I just wanted to set, set the table for those listeners uh, that may have not heard my story. There's a lot of folks who listen to the show who have personal experiences in, in high demand religion. So I think they're, they're very, they understand where you're coming from and how that can happen. So you're meeting me 47 years later. I've done a doctoral dissertation on how to update the law regarding undue influence using my bite model of authoritarian control, controlling behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions to make a new pseudo-identity that's dependent and obedient. Here's what I want to do today. A year ago, you wrote about the insurrection, and you checked in on the insurrection two years out. Well, we are now three years out from the insurrection. So I want to check in with you and say, hey, here's what you said a year ago. It probably looks worse now. I'm not going to lie, but uh, you tell me how. So uh, in a talk you gave, you discussed how... Uh, Trump was the kind of leader that you predicted would never cede power. Uh, you have expertise in leaders like him, authoritarians, and those who try to use undue influence on others. Uh, I guess one question would be, 
what has happened in the year since you wrote that to convince you that if Trump gained power again, he would never leave and it might be worse than we ever imagined. When I was asked to write The Cult of Trump by my book agent, he, I, I said, I don't want to do this. It's going to alienate all the believers. And to which he said, they're not going to read your book anyway. Explain it to the rest of us. And all I really had to start with, being a New Yorker who grew up one mile from Donald Trump's childhood home, was an experience of Donald Trump as a womanizer, as a braggadocio, uh, and what we call in the biz, the cult leader playbook, you know, the, the malignant narcissistic personality type where the, everything's about them, grandiosity, need for attention, self-entitlement, lack of empathy, all the standard stuff, plus the psychopathological stuff, thinking you're above the law, pathological lying, sadistic, paranoid, threatening, harassing, etc. So there's a whole playlist. And I wrote chapter three comparing Trump to my former cult leader, Sun Myung Moon, uh, Hubbard of Scientology, and Jim Jones. I concluded the book, by the way, uh, which I, I handed in the manuscript in the spring of 2019. I said, if he's not reelected in 2020, remember Jim Jones when Leo Ryan went down there they killed, they assassinated him and everyone died. Uh, I said, expect violence if he's not, if, if he loses the election and people were like, how did you know? And I'm like, because when you're, when you have an insecure ego and you're a malignant narcissist, everything revolves around you. And if you don't get your way, everyone that is a believer is an extension of you. So you think nothing about taking everyone else out on uh, a uh, bigger scale. So to answer your question, forgive me for the, the, the setup. What's different about now uh, is several things. One is global climate warming has gotten extremely worse causing incredible uncertainty disruption, even though we still have COVID, which was a major susceptibility factor, it's now heightened and the threat of immigrants is heightened because a lot of people are being displaced. So that's worse. Um, what I also see is the development of open AI and chat GPT and AI and deep fakes and a lot of manipulation through social media platforms by China, by Russia, by Iran, by North Korea, by Christian extremists. I'm, I'm seeing uh, Michael Flynn, who is associated with QAnon and his digital soldiers and, and him uh, celebrating occultism and the Ascended Masters and QAnon and uh, his, his uh, rallies around the country. My former cult has a gun factory making AR-15s. There's an actual cult called the Rod of Iron Ministries.org by Sean Moon. Sean Moon was at January 6th, brought busloads of Moonies there. 
and was tweeting that it was Antifa that was attacking the Capitol. The Mooney's newspaper, the Washington Times, was likewise uh, uttering the disinformation. So what I'm afraid is happening is there's a um, more extremism is happening. One of the things that I I think about a lot is that you know, we have uh, so many of the challenges that you mentioned. So I think about climate change all the time. And I think to myself, we as a species are in this space, especially in this country, and, and uh, there are other countries uh, facing this as well, where so much of our attention, so much of our resources is going to fight the rise of authoritarianism, is going to ward off the narcissist trying to become our leader again, that we don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the collective attention to give to something like the climate crisis that uh, is here, is is affecting millions and millions and tens and hundreds of millions of people right now. So I think about that all the time, and I appreciate the fact that you put a, a second Trump term in those kind of planetary frames. It's not just a matter of what uh, will happen the day after he's inaugurated, although I worry about that too. It's also a matter of this is only going to accelerate crises like that of our climate and uh, make it so we have no time or, or not enough, at least, to pay attention to those things. I want to ask you a question I think a lot of people listening are going to be wondering, and that's this. We report all the time about the fact that more people than ever think January 6th was no big deal, that they think as Republicans or as Christians that January 6th was something that is being made too big a deal out of. More people than ever think Trump should not be held responsible. It's only gotten worse since the insurrection. I cited a statistic the other day that said that something like two-thirds of, of Republicans think that Donald Trump is a man of faith, and only 13% think that Joe Biden is. Now, whatever we feel about Christianity, Catholicism, whatever, that's a startling statistic given the fact that Joe Biden is always at mass and talking about his Christianity. And Donald Trump has never been a churchgoer, doesn't know the least thing about the Bible, and so on. Here's my point. People are wondering, how can you get into a psychological space as a human being, as a Christian, as a Republican, where you see Donald Trump in this kind of lens? You know, as somebody who was part of uh, the Unification Church, somebody who has a deep expertise in these things, what happens in the human psyche when they start to take on these goggles? Or they see Donald Trump as a messiah, Donald Trump as the greatest Christian on earth, uh, Donald Trump as the most virtuous man, Donald Trump as tough, knows more than the generals, more than the economists, and so on and so on. So I guess I want to say that the analogy of how you can click on a, a malware link on your computer and it can take over your operating system there's an analogy here about mind control. And a lot of um, what I see happening is that people are, you know, they're watching a video and then an algorithm gives them another video and another video, or they follow a person and then all of a sudden they have more followers who are maybe they're bots from a foreign government or from some extremist group but they're not aware there's a system that's happening to their mind with the goal of undermining their own critical thinking. So 
if you talk to me as a Mooney, I would insist I was not brainwashed and I wasn't in a cult and I was doing God's will. I've never been happier in my life as a Mooney, even though I threw out my own original poetry, dropped out of college, separated from my family and friends and all the things that I love to do, including playing basketball, etc. Um, and so what happened in my mind was a programming of an alternate reality. A new belief system was installed. And if my family and friends had access to a Steve Hassan back then, I could coach them on how to talk to Steve Hassan to get Steve back to his original values. And by asking respectful questions, curious questions, being patient and waiting for an answer, and then doing follow-ups, and by basically taking the position, this is what I say to, you know, I wrote chapter nine of the cult of Trump, taking the position of, hey, I respect you, you're smart, you're educated, convince me, convert me, and, and mean it. Like, I'll listen. And as you're talking, you share something that was important to you in your conversion. We'll just watch it together. We'll discuss it. Then it'll be my turn to show something to get your opinion on it. But to have a, an agreement that we want to pursue what's true. I often... And it does work, but it takes effort. Well, that's the part I was going to get at is I am I'm asked this question a lot. What should we do? And and my my response is this, and I'm, I would love to get your feedback. I say, look, when it comes to our civic square and our elections, our democracy, we have to realize the, the emergency we're in. So we, we can't be patient. I don't have any anticipation that a second Trump term would be anything but a disaster for this country and for... And Agreed. for the world. So Agreed. whether that is the mayor race, the school board race, the congre congressional race, the presidential race, we have to be absolutely aware that we're in an, an emergency and take no uh, no other answer uh, you know, for, for truth. However, yep. when it comes to my friend or my colleague or my nephew who has become, you know, just a different person. They've gone down the rabbit hole, whether they are in the MAGA movement, whether they are in a white Christian nationalist church that is teaching them that Satan has taken over uh, the country, taken over their neighborhood, whatever, whether they are a 24-year-old man who's gone down the Andrew Tate militant misogynist masculinity route, my response is, if you try to out-truth them, preemptively, they will shut down. If I show up and say, hey, here's why you and everything you do is wrong. All your answers to the biggest questions are idiotic. And I have all the data. Do you want to see the New York Times? Do you want to see the, the statistics I have from these scientists? You are dumb, and I can tell you why. And now it is so tempting to do that for me. I am trained as a professor. I love to argue, and I want to win. But my, my encouragement to people who ask me this question is tap into the emotional level. Okay, tell me, tell me about you and your worldview. Tell me about, you know, the things that are so important to you. How does that make you feel? Are you afraid of the future? Does this help with that fear? Are you insecure about what might be next for this, this planet? Does this help with that? 
how does this help you feel less angry toward so-and-so or less grievance toward that movement? And if I tap into their emotions, maybe they'll let me speak about myself as a human being. And I won't be that demon-possessed, Satan, sulfur-smelling, whatever they've been told by Alex Jones. I just might be a human being who's their uncle or their friend or their colleague who loves them. And we're having a conversation while drinking a beer and cooking at the barbecue. Does that hit for you? Well, I validate that uh, as a universal, and I wrote a whole book called Freedom of Mind, Helping Loved Ones Leave Controlling People, Cults, and Beliefs, by the way. But what, what doesn't work is attacking the leader, the doctrine, or the policy head on because that activates a defensive reaction. The person feels persecuted and will distance from you. And if anything, will deepen their involvement. I like what you're saying about building rapport and trust on an emotional level, having curiosity, asking questions is great. But what I add to my recommendation is you need to educate yourself first but the, the key point, Bradley, is establishing a case that they can relate to, identify with, and go, yeah, brainwashing exists. And then you get into their backstories, how bright they were, talented they were, successful they were before. And then we can then discuss how the mind can get hacked. Uh, one of the things that I've, uh, I just was speaking about with uh, Tim Alberta, a journalist who wrote a, a book that's out now, is in his reporting, he's in the room with certain high high profile Trumpian leaders, you know, Robert Jeffress or Ralph Reed or Jerry Falwell Jr. And there are these moments where there's an opening where they they do regret going down the 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 MAGA trail as hard and as far as they did. They do sense that the Christianity that they conceived during and and with Trump and Trump's years were was toxic was 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 perhaps not what God wants and so on and I think for me reading those chapters was a really good reminder that even those who seem the most committed do have moments of reflection where they are willing to think about their worldview to think about how they understand things and so I think what you're offering is a really uh, a good reminder of that as well we're out of time. We we could probably talk for the next three hours about these issues, and I would love to 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 talk more about your time uh, as part of the Unification Church and uh, you know everything else. But uh, I'll just say you know thank you for all your work. Where you have a lot of places, you're online. You know people can connect with you in a lot of ways. Uh, can you tell us where those are and how they can do that? I'm at freedomofmind.com. I'm at cult expert on most social media platforms. I have an online course that's nine hours that for clinicians and educators to take. Um, and um, I just want to encourage you, and I want people to get your books, and I want I want I want a, a movement of you know real believers to say you know what Jesus didn't say making money was the route to heaven. You know, Jesus spoke for immigrants and poor and sick, and we need to get back to basics. I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of experience quoting the Bible to Bible-believing people and having them get mad at me. So that's, you know, I feel like I could just, uh, that's a whole 
1500 page book of of just those encounters so anyway well so i would love to talk to you <laughs> for a future webinar that we might do together where you can teach me and i can coach you on what i think you might try and we can tweak things till we come up with a, a formula that actually empowers people to get back in touch with their soul yeah no that's good i i I always say you can't out uh, evangelical me because I've I'm a pretty good expert, just like you were part of the Unification Church, and so people get upset when they realize you know their worldview more than they do, and they often get kind of frustrated. So anyway, all right, friends, as always, find us at Straight White JC, find me at Bradley Onishi. We do this three times a week, best we can, and uh, you can learn all about how to support us in the show notes. Uh, for now, we'll say we'll be back later this week with it's in the code and the weekly roundup. But for now, we'll sign off. Thanks for being here. Have a good day. Thanks for listening today, y'all. As a reminder, you can help us keep doing this pro-democracy work by becoming a paid subscriber. Get ad-free listening, access to the 500-episode archive, a premium episode, and more. Go sign up now. It only takes a few clicks. www.accessmundi.supercast.com. The link is in the show notes. Axis Mundi.